0: Started the whole world crying Drew Grabo live, John's joints every day in the 4 o'clock hour John reads news stories, I play lullaby versions of popular songs underneath it on me. Telling us about his undercarriage first and then what's happening in the news Ladies and gentlemen, I your friend and mine, Mr. John Sennig
1: the whole Chassis is man care for down there. You've heard me talk about these products. Not only are they made in America, they are local. So if you're looking for a way to keep yourself dry clean, and odor-free between the legs, Chassis is the line of products that you need to pick up today. Whether you go Ice Max powder, premium powder, or you reach for some of the other stuff, which is changing the game, start your day with the shower primer. That area between your legs, gentlemen, it deserves its own special cleaning agent, and the shower primer is exactly what you need. You can also hit the restoration cream to start the day, or to wrap it up, stock up on all the Chassis products at Chassis for Men. Dot com. Mm. So, you know, it brings me... Let me play the audio first. I'll play the audio, All right. and then that should set the mood, and, and then we'll dig into the details. Sounds good. Another face off and the Panther in. Achari able to win it. Gouda's got it to center. Atrono tips it ahead. Lowberg is in. Brilliant. So that doesn't feel good, and it didn't feel good sitting in that building last night. Uh, I think the energy was so high. There was so much love for the team, for the city, for the just embracing the fact that fans were allowed in the building uh, maybe more than even anybody thought as of two days ago for a, the, the playoff return, and it all went away just like that. After Ryan Lomberg scored at 5.56 of overtime to give the Florida Panthers a 6-5 win against our Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 3 of the Stanley Cup first round at Emily Arena last night. Following a face-off win in Florida's defensive zone, Radko Gudis lofted the puck to Frank Vena- Vetrano. He sent a, pa- a lead pass through two Lightning defenders to Lomberg who beat Vassie with a backhand. Uh, Tampa Bay leads the best of seven series with game four right here, which is beautiful, a 12:30 game start, which is so lovely on a Saturday. Uh, you know, it was... I felt that the the first period, the lightning, I don't want to say they seemed sluggish, but definitely weren't matching the pace of, uh, of the Panthers. The second period, absolutely insane, bringing all of the firepower. And then the third was really just a battle where they obviously came back and tied it up. And uh, I was feeling pretty good about that. Uh, that overtime. We started it with a power play, which wasn't, uh, which just wasn't enough. So. I always see people, as I know more
0: about hockey, get real upset about icing calls. They're like, oh, it's just lazy, lazy. And I never assume. I'm I'm like, oh, it's just like offsides. But when you put the face off down there in your own end by your goalie, it opens up the possibility for an easy goal to be scored like that and lose the game. Now I get it.
1: Yeah, and you know, it was it was must win for them. I really do. You're talking about if, if, if the Lightning win, you've got a 12:30 game tomorrow that could wrap the whole thing up. So when you talk about must wins for either team, I think yesterday was about as close to a must win, and you could tell they were frantic uh, in that third period through overtime, and not that the Lightning weren't playing at a high level, but you could just tell that the Panthers were fighting a little bit harder and somehow pulled it off even with an amazing performance by Vassi throughout the night. So we'll wipe our tears, and we'll get up, and tomorrow hopefully we'll get a dub, and we'll wrap this thing up soon enough. Hell yeah, John. That's my plan. Yep. So, I think, I don't know how much I've ever brought this up on the air before, but I know I've talked to you about Lake Lanier, which is in, uh, which is outside of Atlanta. It is a lake in Georgia that I started... Just hearing a bunch of stuff about in the last couple years about this lake being haunted. So let me give you a little bit about the lake first, and then I'll tell you what's going on there as of today. Legend has it, the ghost of a long dead woman roams this lake in a flowing blue dress. Mysterious arms reach out for swimmers from the watery depths, and angry spirits call people home to their submerged graves. These are other spooky tales that have haunted Lake Lanier, which is in the foothills of northern Georgia mountains for decades. To many Georgians, the large serpentine lake northeast of Atlanta is a recreational hot spot. However, it's got lots of controversy. Over 250 people have died in Lake Lanier in swimming and boating accidents. The lake was created in the 1950s by flooding valley communities that contained a cemetery which fuels belief that it's cursed. Historians say some unmarked graves and other structures were swallowed by its waters. The stories about mysterious underwater sightings are eerie, especially around Halloween, but the true backstory of Lake Lanier built over an underwater ghost town is interesting. The controversy surrounding the lake uh, started before its construction. So the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers pretty much rolled up and wanted to create a lake to provide Atlanta and surrounding counties with power and water. The government offered locals money for their farmland, and most of it had been families who have held it for for generations making it impossible to put a price tag on it so these people were pushed out and homes and farmlands and cemeteries and racetracks and f- was all put underwater okay so i mean if you do believe in haunting there would be reason to believe that's why the undead or dead are aggrieved well it's also interesting because i didn't know this reading up on it this morning this is where they're filming a lot of ozark the Ozark uh, show on Netflix is, oh. on, is on Lake Lanier. Oh, huh. but I mean, wait—they don't film that in the. I mean, no, not not all of it. That, huh. The lake scenes uh, are are shot at Lake Lanier. I feel lied to. Lie too. Yeah, but it's not. What's interesting is it's not only people that are in the water. It's people that are driving near the water. Uh, at least thirteen vehicles at some point have ended up in the water. Some of the people drowned. Some people lived. But there's constantly something going on. Last week, a boat of seven unexplaining. unexplainedly? Yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah. Or inexplicably. Unexplicably uh, exploded, killing two people aboard. So that's when my, my, you know, people got back out on the water, and as soon as that happened, bad things started happening. And now this morning, authorities say they have found the body of a teenager hours after he went under At Lake Lanier, the Georgia Department of Natural Resources is saying that the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office and law enforcement were called to Young Deer Creek. This kid was supposedly swimming across a cove that was about 22 feet wide. That's it. And somehow went under halfway across and went missing. And they found his body using sonar this morning. does seem like there's something going on here. You you don't... No, I do. I really do. It's just one of those things where when something seems so blatantly obvious, it's hard to believe that it's true. Uh, It's like the ghosts aren't caring whether or not it looks like they're guilty. The ghosts are just, we're going to pull people underwater and kill them. We're going to blow up your boat. We're going to pull you off the road. We're going to do everything uh, to make sure that nobody can have true fun on this lake. And then we still go, eh, it's probably just a coincidence. People drown all the time, though. But it's still interesting. I, I didn't know about the history of that they flooded a cemetery yeah. to get
0: there. I mean, it's like, yeah. So I, I really want
1: to lay the groundwork because I'll keep you abreast on any and all bad things that happen at Lake Lanier throughout the summer. So we'll be able to judge by the time it's said and done whether or not we've really got a, a, a ghost situation on our hands here. And I'll be keeping my eyes on Lake
0: Lickasatchi. Please do.
1: Just one day after he was signed by the Jacksonville Jags as a tight end, Tim Tebow's jersey is the top seller on the NFL shop website. The top three selling jerseys were all number 85 Tebow jerseys oh, with man. men's, women's and jerseys priced at 120 Listed as the top two sellers. But don't worry. uh, The fourth and fifth, also Tim Tebow jerseys with the double zero number package. So as of this moment, Tim Tebow holds the top five best-selling jerseys on the NFL shop. We are living in a simulation. Man, how much of you hopes that this guy just really, really succeeds? Because my thought is... Tim Tebow's entire existence is built on faith. It's his religion. It's it's, it's just believing in him. And we know that he had a run in the NFL where I think teams were forced to deal with him. I don't think that anybody outside of, I think, Josh McDaniels moved up to pick him up in the draft uh, for the Broncos. And then that didn't really work out. But he never really had somebody who had his back fully. So I wonder how much having a coach that... I mean, the fact he's on this team tells you that Urban Meyer will fight to the death for you. Because it sounds like a lot of people in the Jags organization and just a lot of people in general think this is a terrible idea. So you had a guy who was willing to overlook all of that to bring you on. And I just wonder if knowing that your leadership or at least your coach has that much faith in you will lead you to a better time than he's experienced in the NFL thus far.
0: i am We're not athletes, at least not on the radio, but when we have a boss who believes in us, it makes us want to perform better to make them proud rather than if you have a chip on your shoulder
1: trying to disprove your haters, right? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I don't buy into... There's a, a, a an anonymous former NFL GM. I don't know if you saw those stories today, uh-huh. saying that uh, that the pretty much the Jags are begging for a quarterback controversy because they've got uh, Trevor Lawrence who will be the starter, yeah. and they pretty much saying by having Tebow on the team, you're kind of screwing Trevor Lawrence because you know for a fact if you get six games in and he's stinking up the joint, the fan base will undeniably uh. start calling for Tebow. So it, I think there is a lot of inherent risk by taking on a guy that isn't necessarily proven in the NFL, but that people love so much, but it also lends itself to the question. Is it okay for a team to just make some decisions based on money? I mean, they're not making this guy rich, but you know, for a fact, they're selling tickets and wins the last time. If any time that the Jags have been the top five best best-selling jerseys on the NFL shop. So yeah. it's about football, but it's also about a dollar and they clearly showed that they're down to make some for sure. Now, it's noble as a teenager to feel like you want to catch a a wrongdoer. But you let me know if you're proud or mortified if Xander and his friends at the age of 14, 15, pull this off. A group of teenagers in East Contra Costa County, California, are behind an investigation into a man who was arrested this week on federal charges of child exploitation. Three teenage boys created a fake Tinder profile posing as a 14-year-old girl they named Kelsey in October of 2019. A man now known as Jeremy Adams swiped right, meaning he showed interest in speaking to the girl, according to the criminal complaint. The 44-year-old Adams expressed his desire to make the 14-year-old girl, who didn't actually exist but was named Kelsey, his sex slave. Oh. And he said he kind of loved that she was 14 and in high school. They talked for two weeks before agreeing to meet at a Starbucks in Brentwood, California, and that is when the three teenagers confronted Adams at the Starbucks, and he ran. According to the complaint, as soon as Adams entered the Starbucks, the teens confronted him about allegedly trying to pick up a 14-year-old girl, and they chased him through the streets of Brentwood while recording him. Oh, man. Uh, so far in the story, are you? Are, is, is this a noble act, or are you asking for trouble? It's a good It's good intentions.
0: I I don't know that it's the smartest thing in the world, but definitely good intentions. Out of all the
1: dumbass things kids can do to go viral, whether it be stick a penny in a light socket or choke yourself until you pass out and die, why not go viral for trying to catch a pedophile? You're right. Yeah, if you're going to choose something to go viral, it might as well be that, I suppose. So eventually, the guy uh, doesn't respond. He continues running until he fell into a creek. That is when the man climbed out of the creek and headed towards an elementary school where he was cornered by the teens. It it is also stated that during an altercation at the school, Adams placed one of the juveniles in a headlock but was not immediately captured by police. Brentwood investigators found that Adams had traveled out of state to meet with an underage girl, according to the complaint. They also found evidence that he had sexually abused her at an airport hotel. Authorities who have been looking for Adam since November said he was difficult to track down because he was using a ruse IP address to evade arrest. Well, these kids had very noble intentions. I mean, it's, it's a bold move. The it police is- say it wasn't until they sent a note to his mom's house saying that he needed to pick up property at the police station that he was finally taken into custody on Tuesday. So that's the gap between this. They tried to find this guy starting in 2019, and they just caught him got to feel pretty damn good if you're those uh if you're those kids yeah you know I, I take it back results they got a creep who was
0: out there in the in the world uh they got him uh you know in, in custody
1: that being said yeah. the pedophile stabs one of these kids in the neck then we're gonna say that you shouldn't have probably done that right so you know hindsight Yep. We talk often about Governor Ron DeSantis and the bills he signs and the statements he makes and the things that he does just to be the center of attention and kind of let people know where he stands. I don't mean that in a, as a derogatory of a way as it means, but last week he did something that I think nobody in the state of Florida would argue with, and I don't think we focus on those little things that are few and far between. Yeah. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis signed two bills last Wednesday that lawmakers say will leave Florida better prepared for flooding and sea level rise. The reason I find this so interesting is because I think the company line the party line is that republicans especially one that come from the loins of donald trump uh-huh. probably not be- big believers in climate change and things that come along with it so even if you won't come right out and call it that the bills sb 1954 and 2514 will among other things set aside hundreds of millions of dollars for flooding infrastructure products the republican-led efforts would redirect a significant portion of that money from an affordable housing trust to storm hardening efforts I mean, it it is interesting that 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 guy, and I I had a conversation with somebody recently who said he refuses, you know, it's interesting because Ron DeSantis refuses to use that term, global warming, climate change, but he has done a bunch of things, no matter what you call it, to try and battle the fact that Un, untouched, this state is probably underwater in the next 50 years. Those are buzzwords for people,
0: and they don't want to admit what a horrible effect we've had as human beings on the world, but no matter where you are on the political uh, spectrum, you got to know that we as humans have harmed this planet. We should do more to try to help it.
1: Well, and I get feeling like there's a term or there's a buzzword that you don't want to say or that you, you, just as much as you don't want to say it, to the other side, you need to hear it. Right. You, you know if i, if I don 't want to say it, the, that other person needs me to say it. I would think what the actual results are is what matters most, and the legislation requires the Department of Environmental Protection to submit an annual plan for up to a hundred million dollars in local flooding and sea level rise projects so I mean It's not the sexiest thing. It's not anti-riot. It's not, uh, you know, he's not trying to uh, punish big tech for silencing people. But when it comes to something that will actually affect Floridians, probably one of the bigger best things he's done. uh, Agreed. At least in the last couple months.
0: And that's the kind of thing where initially when he took office
1: that we started to really like about Ron DeSantis. You're absolutely right. Uh, Two bear stories. I'll give you the local one first. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission has been busy tracking a bear that has been seen roaming pasco county neighborhoods this week the pasco county sheriff's office has received several reports of bear sightings in the gulf highlands area uh there's been surveillance video shared of the bear wandering near a home in that neighborhood why is it like i know they're trying to find this bear yeah Uh, you know you know out in central florida Uh and sanford and all those areas there's bears everywhere oh yeah so i mean like why you got to track this bear down Uh, maybe because
0: it has a history of human interactions and they want to get it because it's lost its fear of humans. Like when you feed a bear, it's going to come at you.
1: I guess that's a, that's one. And maybe if there's not a lot of them, you figure that, that it's just could be a problem or you worry about, you start with one and there ends up being more. Right. But at the same time, like, you know, don't bother the bear. The bear's not going to bother you. I like that idea. Do it with gators. Or the bear could attack you, kill you, and rip off your head. What? An Alaska man is lucky to be alive after being mauled by a grizzly bear earlier this week. Alan Minish was out walking alone in a remote part of the state to survey some land on Tuesday. He looked down to put some numbers into his GPS, and when he looked up, he was staring a large brown bear in the face. According to his uh, account, both parties locked eyes at the same moment, and the bear changed. Minish tried to hide behind some trees. The bear, what? Are you reading the same story in front of you? No, but I just know that oh, it said yeah. the bear charged. <laughs> I just. Didn't... I mean, honestly, if you would have just let it go, the bear probably did change. Ah, hold on. I got to slip into something <laughs> a little more comfortable. Or just, I just took it as like his energy changed. Like he was cool. Like the bear was cool and everything. And then when they locked eyes, the bear changed. I'm going to stick with that. Both parties locked eyes at the same moment, and then the bear changed. Minish tried to hide behind some trees, but the bear didn't stop. He was knocked to the ground, and then a terrifying sequence played out. Though the encounter lasted only 10 seconds, Minish believes it left serious damage. As he lunged on top of me, he says, I grabbed his lower jaw to pull him away. The man's head uh, seems to be like kind of his scalp was ripped off. That's not funny. I mean, it's not funny, no. No, I'm just telling myself, so I don't laugh. Is there is there any amount of damage you would allow to be done to your body to have the story of living through a bear attack? Uh, yeah, but I don't want to lose
0: a limb, and I don't want to lose a scalp. But, like, a good, a good healthy scratch
1: with a scar on my arm or something? Sure, man. Yeah, it says the bear put its mouth over Minish's head before it dropped him back on the ground and wandered off. The it changed back. <laughs> yeah, and then it, and then he looked at him, and he could see the change again. The sixty-one-year-old had run into bears before, but he knew by the amount of blood that this instance was different. Oh man! And then he had to he had to tie his own T-shirt and vest around his head to hope that it would stop the bleeding. He stayed on the line uh, on the ground for over an hour Jesus. before they got to him. Oof. I mean. And
0: and then don't they scat on you too like once yeah. they uh, once they get you on the ground they like scat all over you? That does seem
1: to be a major thing oh, with uh
0: That's inconsiderate. Yeah. Just kill me.
1: Uh and ra- just rapid fire real quick uh 59% of people say that a significant other ordering their steak well done is a deal breaker. Should be. If uh, if
0: someone orders a steak well done at a restaurant where a steak costs more than $10, you should leave them. Yeah and then you know, leave them at the restaurant.
1: 50% uh, people say they judge other people for liking steak prepared in a different way than they like it themselves. Oh. 53% wouldn't date someone if they get their steak well done. Yeah, I couldn't be with someone like that. That's a savage. <laughs> and then this is just really damn good audio. I'm a couple days oh. late on it. It was more prudent yesterday, but Tim Ryan, uh, Dem- uh, House uh, House uh, Democrat, gave a speech. Did you see this? No. Uh, it's, it's in regards to... The, the commission that they want to set up to look into the uh, insurrection at the Capitol. Yeah. But I think take away all of that. And I think the general message here is really good. And it's damn fiery, which is, we like that. I want, I want to thank the gentlemen from
0: New York and the other Republicans who are supporting this and thank them for their bipartisanship to the other 90% of our friends on the other side of the aisle. Holy cow. Incoherence. No idea what you're talking about. Ben Benghazi, you guys chased the former Secretary of State all over the country, spent millions of dollars. We have people scaling the Capitol, hitting the Capitol Police with lead pipes across the head, and we can't get bipartisanship. What else has to happen in this country? Cops. This is a slap in the face to every rank and file cop in the United States. If we're going to take on China, if we're going to rebuild the country, if we're going to reverse climate change, we need two political parties in this country that are both living in reality, and you ain't one of them. <laughs> I yield
1: back the to- <laughs> Yeah. Man, that was, uh, oh, you know, I, I don't know whatever makes people work together in politics, but you know, maybe more speeches like that, no matter what you think. I'm fired up. We should get people working together. For sure. I'm all burnt up. True. i alive. How can I help you? Hi, uh, this is Lenny Call from Treasure Island. Just wanted to comment on the DeSantis news. All right. Uh, $100, million, $100 million is a drop in the bucket. It costs more than half of that just to build the bridge on Treasure Island. Oh. So it's a token amount. It's something he could probably go and, and
0: respond to someone's question, like, what are you doing about climate change? Have you done anything? Uh, and he could say he did,
1: but it's really nothing. That would do almost nothing. To help the infrastructure in Florida,
0: so he should have done nothing at all, and that would have been the same thing.
1: No, I mean it's just you it know sounds like that's what you're saying. Yeah, and I don't even know. I'm I'm trying to look that, at, but I didn't. I thought it was a hundred million at different times, not a hundred million. Period. That was my yeah. belief. I'm
0: so glad that you left off my favorite story of the day because I didn't want to talk about this Gandhi bridge crash. What I wanted to talk about was the stolen racing dildos in Gulfport, and I mean literal dildos, And we'll talk about that next on Drew Grabo Live.
1: Many weight loss can help you not only lose weight, it can have your mind feeling clear. It can leave you with more energy because that's what happens when you're feeling better and you shed those extra pounds. They've helped me lose over 50 pounds and I look forward to my weekly weigh-ins. I go in, I meet with the nurses who are always lovely. I step onto the futuristic scale. gives me a breakdown of my body composition and then I talk with the doctor about what I need to do. They even give me tips for, I I tell them what I'm eating. They say, hey, tweak this a little bit. Maybe try this. And it keeps me losing weight, which keeps me motivated. And they want to give Bone listeners a free assessment. If you go to startmedi.com slash 1025, it's startmedi.com slash 1025. You'll see a picture of me there looking sleek and slim. You put in your info, and then they'll be in touch to set up that free assessment. You can also call 877-MED-LOSS. They've got locations in South Tampa, Brandon, Lutz, and Clearwater. If you call, make sure you let them know you heard John Senning talking about it on Drew Gurabo Live. You're listening to Drew Garabo Live on 102.5 The Bone.